This is the So Worth It podcast, a place where we're talking about growing a business while raising a family. Not to mention all of the crazy, fun, and hard stuff that comes with it. I'm sure I don't have to tell you, none of it's easy, but it is so worth it. If that sounds like your sort of thing, stick around. I'm your host, Jackie Ellis. Welcome to the show. In the words of Matthew McConaughey, all right, all right, all right. Welcome back to So Worth It. Today, I'm going to share with you a presentation that I gave recently at a summit where I shared about profitable pricing. And I just got so inspired during the presentation. Yes, I was inspired by my own presentation (laughs) that I wanted to share it with you here. So I'm going to just pull out some of the key points here about profitable pricing for specifically for service providers. So a couple things that I want you to know about profitable pricing. Okay. Pricing is different for everybody. There's a lot of, just like money in general, there's a lot of feeling involved sometimes when it comes to pricing your services, making money, that sort of thing. And I really just want to drop that right now. Okay. I need you to drop your feelings about money and your worry about money and your thoughts on what everyone else is doing. Just let it go. We're going to just talk about numbers today and numbers do not have feelings. Okay. I know that that is kind of funny to say, but unless you really think about it, you probably don't even realize the feelings that are connected to your money. So here's why you should consider profitable pricing. Okay. Profitable pricing is reasonable. This means that you will be profitable based on what you're charging, not overly profitable, meaning your prices won't be overinflated. Okay. They will be competitive and reasonable. All right. Now, one thing you're not going to learn, well, I'll tell you a couple things you're not going to learn in this episode are how to increase your prices. Is that one way to become profitable in your pricing? Yes, absolutely. But this episode is not about increasing your prices or charging your worth. Okay. This is also not about making a quick buck, like becoming a millionaire working an hour a day. And this is not about trends or fads. Okay. This is like real number crunching. And this is about ethical (laughs) pricing. Okay. It's important for you to be profitable when you're charging because you want to grow your business most likely. And if you don't want to grow, you at least want to continue to have consistent business. But see, profit allows you to do both of those things. Profit allows you to hire an assistant. It allows you to up-level your skills. It allows you to provide a better service. And all of those things either make your life better make or make your business better or both. Okay, so profitable pricing is very important. But in order to be profitable, we really have to get honest about something that nobody talks about. <laughs> and that is the hidden cost of clients. Okay, we there are a lot of costs associated with taking on clients that 
people don't account for in their pricing. Okay, now I recorded an episode a while back about um, charging onboarding fees. Should you, shouldn't you, and what we do. And the reason that I bring up onboarding is because onboarding really is one of those things that people don't account for. Now, I don't care if you're an ads manager, a graphic designer, a copywriter, a VA, it doesn't matter. You have some kind of onboarding that you have to do when you take on a client, whether that's just getting a contract signed or whether that is getting access to different software tools that your client has, okay? That's not including the project itself. So if you're a copywriter and you're writing a sales page, you have to do other things in order to be able to write that sales page, right? If you're a a web designer and you're designing a website, like you have to get access to that website. You have to send a contract. You have to do all of these other things that aren't specifically related to the project. Okay. So think about it. How much time and energy are you spending on client work that is outside of the actual project itself? Okay. I'm going to give you some examples. So I, I even include discovery calls. Okay. Discovery calls. Someone has to pay for a discovery call. If you're doing the discovery call yourself, like that is time that you are spending and time is money, right? If you're paying someone else to do the discovery call on your team, you're paying them. So if you would pay them, you have to consider that you would pay yourself. Please do pay yourself. But discovery calls, writing and sending proposals, invoicing, project setup, like in your project management software, we use ClickUp. That takes us some time. Sharing accounts, audits, onboarding calls, outsourcing tasks, managing the project, research, communication, like email communication, Slack communication, meetings, and reporting. Those are examples from within my agency, but those probably, a lot of those probably apply to you as well. Now, if you're only charging for the actual project itself, the sales page or the website or whatever it might be, you're not accounting for these other things that are taking your time and your profit just went down. All right. Now that's not even including things like a gift. If you're going to send a gift to a client or um, a referral gift or a referral fee or a commission or something like that. Now I want to use my team, my agency as an example of the cost of onboarding. Okay. It takes my admin, my VA or my, my admin assistant about nine and a half hours to onboard a client. That's a whole lot of time. It takes my ad ads team about seven and a half hours to research and create ads for a client. Okay. Altogether, that is about what? 17 hours, give or take a little. Okay. 17 hours. That is time that you might not be accounting for. And if I'm not charging an onboarding fee or wrapping that up into my monthly retainer cost, I'm not getting compensated for that. Now, some, if you, if you have retainer clients, you might be okay with taking the hit in the first month if they signed a six-month contract because you're going to make up for it over the course of six months, right? That's for retainer clients. 
if you're one-off projects, you have to include these fees in your project. You know, you don't have to call it onboarding. It can just be built into what you charge for your project, but you have to include this or you just lost 17 hours of your time. It probably doesn't take you um, as long as it takes my team to onboard because of the, the depth in which we onboard and what we include. Let's just say that it takes you five hours. Okay. Five hours, five hours in one week. I mean, that's a significant amount of time that is significant. And you want to account for that. Are you ready to leverage Facebook ads to grow your business this year? My friend Tara Zerker is hosting a free live masterclass on June 12th called 2024 Ad Trends to Dramatically Grow Your Business Without Breaking the Bank. On this live webinar, Tara will teach you what's hot, what's not, and how you can take advantage of ads this year. Yes, even on a budget. What I love about Tara's style is that she keeps it so simple. Seriously, you guys, so simple that any business owner, and yes, I mean any, can learn these methods to get started with ads right away. Now, sign up now to join me and my friend Tara on this special live masterclass. It's happening June 12th at 10 a.m. Pacific time or 1 p.m. Eastern time. You can sign up at Jackie-Ellis.com slash successful ads, or find me on Instagram. I am Jackie Ellis. Yep, that's my handle. And just message me the word successful ads, and I will send you the link. Don't miss out on this live webinar. You are going to be blown away. Tara is so amazing. And this could be the best start to Facebook ads, the best opportunity ever. I'll see you in class. Now, what I like to do to make sure that we know how much our onboarding is going to cost, and you can do this for onboarding and you can do this for projects as well, is you want to list out every single task that you have to, to fulfill or that you have to do, how long it will take, and how much the person is being paid for doing that. Okay. Now, this will be easy if it's just you, probably if you know your hourly wage, okay? If you don't know your hourly wage, you need to figure out your hourly wage. It'll make it easier when you hire other people on your team. It'll make all of this math much easier. And if you're not sure what your hourly wage is, then pick one. Pick an hourly wage that you would like to receive and this will help you receive it, okay? So when I start breaking down our onboarding, I have an hour for a discovery call, have an hour for an account audit. I have 45 minutes for research. I have an hour for creating a campaign planner. Okay. And next to those, I'm listing how much I pay hourly for all of those tasks. Now, those tasks in my business are not completed by me. Not all of them. Maybe some of them are. So I have people, you know, if it has to be completed by me, it is costing me the most. If it's completed by someone else, then the, the pay might change depending on the task, depending on the person that is doing it, right? 
And then I total up how much that all costs for me. So let's say that you total up your onboarding and it's $150. Okay. That's how much it costs you to basically complete those tasks. That means you have to charge at least $150. That's what I said, right? 150, $150 in your project in order to cover that cost. Now let's say that you want to be profitable on a project or on your onboarding. Okay. And let's say that you know that you want to be 30% profitable. Okay. If you're, I'll, I'll just say this as a side note. First of all, I'm not a CPA. I'm not a tax strategist, nothing. I feel like I need to state this disclaimer. Any examples that you hear from me here are just that. They're just hypothetical examples. I'm not advising you anything. <laughs> Talk to a tax strategist and, a, and or a CPA to get advice from them. Okay. I'm not giving advice. I'm just giving examples. Now, you know, in the agency world, maybe a 30, 40% profit when you own a business might be good. But for a freelancer or a solopreneur, you might have a 50, 60, 70% profit margin, right? So your profit percentage will be different than the example I'm giving here. But let's just say that you want, let's say a 50% profit margin. I'll meet you in the middle, okay? So you would take your $150 and you would multiply it by 1.5, okay? $150 times 1.5. That's 225. $225 is what you would have to charge to have a 30, or I'm sorry, a 50% profit margin. Does that make sense? Now, the other way of doing this is also, I mean, you can factor in how much tax you would pay. That's way too complicated complicated for me to get into in a podcast episode. So we're just going to guess, like, we're just going to estimate here. Okay. But do know that you would have to pay a percentage of tax on that 225. So you could also say, I just want to make X number of dollars. And in that case, if you wanted to make $75, you would just say 150 plus 75. That's what I need to charge. That is how you estimate what you need to charge. I guess I could get into the tax a little bit. You know, you would just take your tax rate and multiply it, multiply that number 225 by one point, whatever your tax rate is. So if your tax rate is 20%, then it would be times 1.2. And that would give you $270 that you have to charge. And that would hopefully cover taxes, your profit and your cost. Okay. Lots of questions always come up about taxes and stuff. And like I said, this is an estimate. It's funny because when I was um, presenting at the summit, we had a lot of questions come up about taxes. And I was like, man, I should have brought a CPA with me. But here's the thing. I doubt that everything that you buy and sell in your business, you are calculating a tax percentage on that for every transaction. So don't get so granular with this. Okay, this is an estimate I want you to be able to put away a percentage of your tax so that when your tax bill comes, you're not like, oh crap, I forgot about taxes. Okay, so estimate. It's better to have some put away than none. 
And my tax rate is going to be probably lower than yours. If you're a solopreneur, you're going to have a much higher tax rate. You don't have as many expenses as I do as an agency owner. Now, here's the part that I really like. Okay, I, I do like getting into the math because it's just very matter of fact, right? There's no feelings involved there. There shouldn't be any feelings involved in this part either. <laughs> this is how to save on your fulfillment, save money on your fulfillment. That'll make you more profitable. And then how to increase your customer lifetime value. So if you can make more money per client, then you're more profitable as well. So one thing that you should consider for your fulfillment is automating the necessities, okay? The necessities are the things that have to happen and they're the same for every single client. So here's some examples. A contract, a welcome packet, an invoice, a scheduler, like a calendar scheduler, reminder emails, and call agendas. Those are all things that can be the same if you sell the same package over and over and over, okay? They could even be the same if you sell a variety of packages, you would just create a specific one for each package. But the, the money saver here is that you're only creating it once. So the very first time you offer package A, you create the invoice, the contract, the agenda, and then let's say next time you sell, maybe someone wants package B, then you create the invoice, the contract, and so on. And now you have it already created for package A, package B, and you can continue to do that, but now you can just sell the same packages and all of those assets have already been created. That saves you time. That makes you more profitable. And the funny thing is like, maybe it doesn't sound like a lot, Okay, but if you're spending 30 minutes every time you have to create an invoice, okay, and you have, let's say, four new clients every month, that's two hours that you just spent creating invoices from scratch, or five minutes that you spent connecting a, a pre-made invoice to an email that you already wrote, right? That saves a lot of time. Time is money. Now, there's other things that you can automate too, like create, you can use Zapier or Dubsado for uh, creating workflows and Zapier can create like uh, Google folders and all kinds of things. You can automate lots of different things for your clients and that'll save you money. Time, time is money. Now, let's talk about increasing your LTV or lifetime value for your clients. So here's a couple strategies that I use to try to increase the amount that someone is spending on a sale, okay? So this is increasing your profitability too because it's it's like once you've got them, it's easier to sell them more than it is to find a new client or a new customer, right? That's why, I mean, you go to a fast food restaurant and they ask you, do you wanna supersize it? They've already got you, you're more likely to say yes, right? So number one is increase the amount each client spends with you by creating an add-on service and put it right on your checkout page or proposal. For us, when we used to sell a DIY program for ads, right there on the checkout page, it would say, hey, would you like us to write your ad copy for you? 
And then they would check mark this box and it would add it to their order. And so it just increased the cart value or the purchase value right then and there. The idea is that it's an add-on. If you're using Dubsado, you can pre-create packages and you can allow them to add packages to their order right on the proposal. Super, super easy. I use Samcart uh, for my invoices and it's also very easy. In fact, it's like the easiest in my opinion to add things there. It just needs to be relevant. It needs to be the next obvious step that they need to take in order to get the results that they want. So for us, we're teaching you how to create ads and then do you want us to write your ads for you? That would be a next logical. Do you want us to design your ads for you? That would be a next logical. Do you want a one-on-one support call? That would be a next logical. But something that wouldn't make sense is, do you want, um, oh gosh, I'm so bad at pulling examples out of thin air. Would you like a branding guide, right? It's like, well, that doesn't really make sense. What's the next thing that's going to get them closer to getting the results that they want, make it easier for them? Now, Number two, I love this one. This is increase your profitability by using third-party tools like Samcart to offer payment plans, okay? So Samcart just started doing this. They have uh, the option for you to have a firm, I think, what's one called? Klarna or something, PayPal, all of these other payment tools that will pay you up front when a client purchases, and then they collect the payments from the client. Does that make sense? So if your product is $9.97, PayPal, or I'm sorry, Samcart will say, you can pay $9.97 with your credit card or, you know, whatever, PayPal, or you can use like Afterpay or a firm, and they just apply and then they create their own payment plan, but you get the money up front. okay? This is huge if you are a project-based service provider. If you're on a retainer, this one might not make as much sense unless there's some kind of incentive for them. Like if you buy six months, you only pay for five. You know, I guess you say that the other way. If buy five months, you get six. If you pay in full, that might be incentive. But usually on a retainer, um, they don't pay, you know, way ahead of time. But when you can collect more money up front from your clients, that makes you more profitable. Now, here's some other options for increasing your profitability, okay? Because that's what we want, profitable pricing, profitability. Number three is implement a referral system. These are easy clients. These are people you've worked with that love your services and are happy to tell their friends. Number four, Increase your prices as you gain experience. So early on, I said, I'm not here to tell you how to increase your price or charge your worth. And here's why. Because I don't believe in that. I don't believe that you can just, that you should just step into a particular business, whatever, and just charge crazy insane rates just because you can or because that's what everyone else is charging. I'm old school. I believe you earn the right to charge your fees. So start small, get lots of clients, lots of experience, lots of testimonials, and then increase your prices as you gain experience. Number five, avoid scope creep. 
So scope creep is where you have the scope of the project laid out, hopefully in your contract. And then your client is like, but can we also do this? Can we also do this? And your project keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. This is a very sneaky way for you to become not profitable on your pricing. Okay. Because we say yes to these things because we're like, it wouldn't be that hard for me to add that on, or I really want to make them happy. This is why you have a contract in place. Okay. That says, these are the specific deliverables that we will be providing to you. So make sure that you have that contract so that you can avoid scope creep and you can get paid for the amount of work that you agreed to do. And then number six, don't forget to upsell. Okay. This is a little bit different than that add-on that I was talking about earlier. An add-on is initially when they're signing the contract or when they're signing the proposal and they realize, yes, I would like this. This would make my life easier. I think of upsells as there's a hole somewhere that you discover maybe after you start working together. One example for my agency is we have a lot of clients that run ads to grow their email list, but then they don't have an email sequence in place. So an upsell for us would be, we'll write your email sequence for them. Okay. Remember your offer is the solution to their problem. They have a problem. They want your solution. And sometimes we just sit back, I think, and don't make those, those offers because we're afraid of coming across as pushy or we don't want to be salesy or something like that. And the truth is they came to you because they need a problem solved. Don't be shy about it. Offer the solution and get paid for offering the solution. That's how business works. With that, I'm gonna let you go, but know that you can find some of my templates and free trainings on my website, jackie-ellis.com. There's a little section called shop. You can see some of my templates for client communication, client onboarding, and that sort of thing. Very reasonable cost, and this would save you like tons of hours for sure. Just check it out and see how we've created templates. If that's not the right fit for you or your business, but at least you can see an example. All right. Thanks for tuning in and I'll talk to you next time. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. As always, you can find show notes, links, and more over at Jackie-Ellis.com. And if we haven't connected yet, make sure you come find me on Instagram at I am Jackie Ellis and shoot me a DM. Let me know what episode you listened to and what you thought. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much for being brave, being amazing, and just being you. I can't wait until next time.